0: Vishnu
1: Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami, Itinaginaya. Thank <laughs> you. Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Niti Namaste Sarasate Devay Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesh Shasunna Vadi Pashchatta Dishatarene Om Ajnana Timiran Dhasya Gyananjana Shala Chakshur unmilitan jena tasmai shri gurave namah Shri Chaitanya manobhishthan sthapitan jena Thale, swayam Rupa Kadamaiham Dadati Swapadantikam Padantikam Ham Sri Guru. Shri Juta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaiṣṇavaṁścā Shri Rūpaṁ Sāgrajātaṁ Sahagana Raghunathanitam Twang sajeevam Sadvaitam Sabdhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Sri Radha, Krishna Pada, Sahagana, Lalita, Sri Vishakhan Hey Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinavandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastute, Chana Gaurangi Radhe Brinda Vanishvari, Brishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Bansha Kalpatarubharsha. Kripa-sindhu-bhai-vaca patita nang pavanebhyo namo namaha Shri krishna Chaitanya prabhu nithyananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Hare Rama Eva Kevalam Kalu Nasteva 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 Gatirannatha Ajanu Lambita Bhujo Kanaka Bodato Sankirtanai Kapitaro Kamalaya Bisham Bharo, Dijo Baro, Jugat Harmo Bande Jagat Priyakaro, Koruna Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. In the recent time we are seeing that devotees are recognizing the importance of the chanting of holy name and going deeper and deeper into the practice of this chanting. I remember some years ago his Holiness, Giriraj Maharaj and Burijan Prabhu arranged this, this japa retreat. Devotees getting together and chanting the holy name. And I could see how Deeply the devotees have been affected by that Japa retreat through that they Not only understood the importance of the holy name But they started to get the taste of chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra That reminds me how Nishing Ananda got affected by that retreat <laughs> that Giriraj Maharaj had and he often used to write to me how how affected he has been by that Japa retreat and what a wonderful realization they had through this retreat. Then we are also seeing another development that is the Kitran Mela That was actually started by mainly by Sachin Anand Maharaj. He started to organize the Kirtan Mela. And it had a wonderful effect in the
0: devotees.
1: And now uh, these activities are becoming more and more prevalent, more and more popular and uh, devotees are benefiting from that in mayapur during the golpurnima festival for last couple of years kirtan mela has become one of the most important features of the festival many devotees who wouldn't have otherwise come to mayapur festival golpurnima festival especially youngsters <laughs> They're just coming for the Kirtan Mela and it's happening like all over. It has become a regular feature in Germany. It has become a regular feature in uh, Hungary, UK uh, and Australia also they are having Kirtan Mela. South Africa also having Kirtan Mela's. And following their footsteps, we're also going to have a Kirtan Mela this year, I mean coming year in Ujjain. (laughs) Ujjain's uh, centennial celebration, I'm sorry, uh, uh, anniversary is on Nitananda Trayadasi day. And during that time we are thinking of having, we decided to have a Mela in Ujjain. So with that, and, with that in mind, this time I thought that I will give a seminar on the Holy Name. Uh, it is important that we understand, mm, of course through these practices and actually from Srila Prabhupada's teachings, we are understanding. Mm, the importance of holy name. That's from the big, that's, that's the thing that we learned practically from the beginning of our spiritual life. in We began to realize the importance of the holy name. And then we are seeing mm, that how devotees are going deeper and deeper into that. Although Prabhupada gave everything in his books, but uh, in the early days we could not really get the opportunity to go deep into that. Um, we were uh, new in the movement, we were inexperienced, we were young. And uh, Prabhupada was uh, there and uh, we, we just had everything from Śrīla Prabhupāda. And Prabhupāda meant everything to us those days. We simply depended upon Prabhupāda. Our spiritual life those days was mainly based on just Śrīla Prabhupāda. Prabhupāda was there and we thought that uh, attachment to Prabhupāda is everything that we needed. But then uh, by Krishna's divine arrangement. Prabhupada left the planet, went back to the spiritual sky and then we are left alone and initially there was a struggle to just uh, maintain the mission, maintain the movement. It was a big struggle. Uh, It was like a bunch of young children uh, now got the responsibility to take care of the Affairs after the father left and it was a big struggle many mistakes were made devotees sincere devotees were struggling just to keep the movement going but then uh, now the movement is quite well situated quite well established it's growing The crisis that our movements felt or experienced after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, uh, to a great extent those have been overcome and now ISKCON is moving forward uh, in a steady pace. At least we feel quite confident that now ISKCON's situation has become quite stable. And it's growing. And now we are seeing that how the devotees have a natural inclination to get, go deeper into experiencing the importance of this movement, the necessity of the practicing this movement and delving deep into the philosophy of our practice. So with that in mind, we are holding various seminars and we are having various workshops and so forth, just to benefit the devotees. Today I was actually recalling, I think the first seminar I had in Durban was in this temple room. and. We had, I had, the, I gave the seminar on Brahma Samhita, we didn't have this elaborate arrangements <laughs> of this dais and chairs, we all just sat there, all sat on the floor, on the carpet and we had this seminar on Brahma Samhita. How many of you remember that, <laughs> Jagatananda, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. So. It was a, I think three in the evenings only we had three or four evenings we had here, right <laughs> that uh, that's one thing about the South African devotees. I find that they are very serious about the spiritual life. Most of them are very keen to go deep into this practice of Krishna consciousness. The philosophy of Krishna consciousness and the, the importance of recognizing the importance of Krishna consciousness. So, anyway, I'm very happy that you all came and we are getting another opportunity to discuss about, uh, about some very important topic. The holy name. The holy name. The holy name is, it simply indica- indicates the name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. And especially in this age, this holy name has a very special significance because this is the Juga Dharma. Uh, chanting and meditating on the holy name. Congregational chanting of the holy name is the dharma of this age. There are four ages, hmm, Satta Juga in a cycle, there are four uh, sections, four ages. That makes one cycle. Uh, Begins with Satya Yuga, then Teta Yuga, then Dwapar Yuga, then Kali Yuga. That's one cycle. Just like a day has different sections, morning, afternoon, uh, evening, different phases that time moves on. So, in a larger concept of time, time moves in this yuga cycles. So, <clears throat> and for different yugas, there are different dharmas. In Satya yuga people are very pure. They are very pure. Dharma was perfectly established. Dharma means the laws that have been given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The rules and regulations that have been given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that is called dharma. Dharma is not some faith or something or some belief. Dharma actually is, in simple words, dharma is the law of the universe. In the states, different states they have laws, different countries have different laws. But the ultimate law of the universe is the law that has been given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And following the Dharma uh, is the uh, goal of life. Just like abiding by the law is the duty of a citizen. A good citizen's responsibility or good citizen's duty is to abide by the law. When one abides by the law, he lives peacefully and he gets various benefits. When one breaks the law, everybody knows what happens. Uh, Breaking the law means crime, committing a crime. And uh, the crime leads to punishment. You commit a crime, you'll be punished. Nowadays, of course, uh, You can bribe the law, I'm sorry, the judges (laughs) and the authorities and get away. But in the ultimate law, Krishna's law, there is no way of getting away. You can't bribe Jamraj. He is the real uh, ultimate chief justice. Yes, you can bribe him one way, by chanting the holy name. If, uh, remember this, if by chance, you end up in Jamalaya. If by chance, Jamadutas come and arrest you. Jamadutas are like the police.
0: Uh,
1: If they come and arrest you and take you to the chief chief justice, Jamraj,
0: uh,
1: then the best way to deal with him is offering obeisances and say kalpataru kripa namo namo. jamraj will dismiss your case altogether <laughs> why is it a way of driving jamraj no jamraj doesn't care for any thing But this is the ultimate goal of life. Abiding by the law means accepting the authority of the king. So similarly ultimate consideration of Dharma is to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this way when you surrender yourself, express your surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Uh, Then a Mahajan like Jamraj will naturally be very pleased and he will consider, well, fine, Uh, you are are not a criminal anymore. Uh, You have surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, therefore you have achieved the ultimate perfection of your existence. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, that is the wonderful process that we have received, that we have been awarded with by Śrīla Prabhupāda. He gave us the perfect process. Wherever we go, if we just chant the holy name of the Lord and express our submission to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we will be free from all difficulties and miserable conditions of this material nature. So anyway, to go back to dharma aspect, uh, dharma means the law given by the Supreme Personality of God. And there is a process to follow this dharma. Uh, And different yugas have different ways of practicing the dharma according to the qualification uh, of the people. According to the ability of the people of that age. The first age is Satya Juga. Uh, Satya means truthfulness, truth. It has another name, Yuga, Krita Juga, Krita Juga. Krita means in that age they are all, they, are perf- they have achieved their ultimate perfection. They are, they are perfect. Krita, everything has been accomplished. Whatever they want, they can get it because they are so perfect. And in that age, they are so, el- so qualified that they can very easily withdraw themselves from the material uh, involvement. Material involvement means uh, attachment to sense objects. Consciousness fl- flows through the senses to the objects of the senses. That is the natural. Tendency. We have our senses and consciousness is flowing through the senses. With the eyes, we are seeing. What do we see with the eyes? The objects of uh, the eyes. Form. Ears. What is the
0: uh,
1: object of hearing? Sound. Skin. What is the object? Touch. Mm. Tongue. What is the object? Taste. And nose. What is the object of our olfactory organs? Uh, Smelling. Smell. Uh, So in this way the five senses are constantly running towards the objects of the senses. Eyes want to see not only see when I see something attractive I says immediately the tendencies I want it. Uh, ears beautiful sound runs towards it. Uh, hand or skin wants to touch something pleasing. And this is how all the senses are actually dragging us towards the objects of the senses, meaning all the senses are dragging our consciousness towards the objects of the senses. And as a result of that, we are completely trapped in this material nature. Our consciousness is constantly flowing towards the objects of the material nature. And that is the cause of our entanglement. As a result of that attraction we desire, we develop desires, I want this, we become attracted to something, then immediately uh, the desire is, uh, I want it, I want it, and uh, that is what happened, dhyate vishayan kumsha, sangaste Supajayati. sangat sangjayate kamo, kamat jayati uh, you all know this, huh? that how the senses are running towards the objects of the senses, vishayan, And as a result of that lust develops. Lust means desire to enjoy those objects. And that's how we become entangled. Uh, lust leads to uh, frustration. Desire to enjoy leads to frustration. Frustration leads to anger. And as a result of anger, we become bewildered and so forth. And ultimately, we are completely lost, doomed. But in Yuga, people were so powerful, their consciousness was so pure that very easily they could withdraw their senses. Because in order to meditate, the first prerequisite is actually to withdraw the senses from the objects of the senses. What does meditation mean? Meditation means withdraw the senses and project it internally. How can we project our consciousness internally? to the super soul, who is situated in the heart, if our senses are running here, there, and everywhere. Uh, Will it be possible? No. We see, even while we are chanting, the mind is running here, there, and everywhere. Uh, We can't focus our mind for too long. Few minutes, then mind runs away. So, meditation actually is the most difficult thing. Nowadays, of course, people are so, meditation has become such a common fashion, uh, yoga meditation. Uh, uh, pranayama, <laughs> people are just propagating, some unscrupulous people are propagating and misleading people this, with this practice. Uh, pranayama, uh, two minutes, uh, you do <laughs> <laughs> breathe out from your left nose, then breathe in from, with your left nose, then breathe out from your right nose, and breathe in from your right nose. Uh, and it's going on. People are just caught up in that. They say, oh, we are practicing yoga. But if you consider yoga, yoga actually has eight stages. Mm-hmm. Out of that, the four, fifth stage is pratyahara. Then the sixth stage is actually meditation. Uh, the, f- the other stages, pre- pre- are other previous stages are just a, just a preparation for meditation. Uh, external purification, yam. Uh, internal purification, niyam, asana. And then the fourth stage. Just consider how difficult it is. The fourth stage is pratyah. I'm sorry, pranayam. Pranayam is not just uh, breathing in and breathing out. The process of respiration is not just breathing in and breathing out. Uh, The respiration, the practice of respiration, becomes effective only when one learns the uh, the real aspect of breathing called or real aspect of pranayam called kumbhak, retaining the air retaining not just breathing in breathing out retaining meaning stop breathing stop breathing why it is important because our breathing is directly connected to our thought process The mind's activities are connected to our breathing. When your mind is agitated, how do you breathe? And when your mind is peaceful, how do you breathe? Like when the mind is agitated, we breathe very heavily. But when mind is peaceful, then the breathing is also very smooth. So in this way, by stopping to breathe practically, they control their thoughts control their mind. And then only they are able to withdraw the senses and bring them within the control of the mind. That means uh, the senses are not functioning externally anymore. Uh, The mind has, consciousness has been withdrawn in the mind and then it is projected into the heart. Then, Then the Dhan meditation begins. So how many of us will be able to do that? What to speak of us? Even in Treta Yuga they were not able to do that. Sattva Yuga, after Satta Yuga came Treta Yuga. The people of Treta Yuga were not able to practice that meditation. Therefore the Yuga Dharma Krishna gave as the Yuga Dharma is sacrifice. Sacrifice sacrifice means offer everything to Krishna through the practice through the pra- performance of sacrifice they would, they would offer, but after that they would literally give out everything uh, The kings would perform these sacrifices and they would give in charity they would uh, the ultimate act of sacrifice used to be giving out, every, giving everything in charity. I remember when in our history, we, when we were young, we heard about, we read about one king. Not too long ago, he's maybe 2000 years or 1500 years ago in India, his name was Harsha and he gave out in charity everything ultimately he gave out his royal robe uh, he was just wearing a loincloth gave everything so that is how the kings would give out uh, in charity and they so sacrifice means uh, sacrifice <laughs> simple <one>. and <laughs> sacrifice but for whom For the sake of Krishna, we have to offer everything to Krishna. That is another very important practice. Because through this practice we learn uh, to free ourselves from material entanglement. And prepare ourselves for death. At the time of death, whether you like it or not, you have to sacrifice everything. So better do it voluntarily. Uh, Okay. uh, that is the mantra of sacrifice. This is for Krishna, not for me. This is for Krishna, not for me. This is for Krishna, not for me. So what is left for me? Huh? I am also for Krishna. <laughs> Krishna, please accept me. And that is the goal of life. Sarva dharma pradityajya, mami sharanam Offer yourself to me. Then an sarva papi bhyog. Then I will deliver you from all your sinful reactions. Don't worry about it. Then in Dwapar Yuga people lost the ability even to perform sacrifice. Therefore the process is deity worship. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is worshipped in the temple. See how? Gradually, the process is become, becoming simplified. And the most difficult process was in Satya Yuga. It has become simplified in Treta Yuga. In Dwapar Yuga, it has become even more simplified. Uh, and then in Kali Yuga, at least in other Yugas, people had some inclination towards dharma. But in Kali Yuga, there is no consideration for Dharma. People are so fallen. Therefore, Krishna gave the process of chanting the Holy Name of the Lord. In a way, chanting the Holy Name of the Lord is the most wonderful process. Just see. In Sattva Yuga, they would meditate upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In Treta Yuga, they would perform sacrifice and then from uh, when the sacrifice was properly performed, then the Lord would appear from the sacrificial fire. In Dwapar Yuga, the Lord is already manifest in the temple and you are getting an opportunity to worship Him. See how it is becoming more and more simplified, and more and more personal. Like in Dwapar Yuga, the Lord, you can directly worship the Lord. Such a wonderful opportunity. But in Kali Yuga, you can directly address the Lord. It is something like, consider a very important person. A very important person. Even to approach him is very difficult. Even to approach a very important person is very difficult. Now, can you just call a very important person by his name? Uh, Like, uh, for example, uh, what's the name of the president of South Africa? Jacob Zuma. Jacob Zuma. Can you just walk up to him and say, Hi, Zuma, how are you? So now you cannot even approach a state president uh, and address him by his name. Now can you imagine the, having the prerogative, having the opportunity to call the Supreme Personality of Godhead by his name. Uh, what an amazing uh, prerogative it is, what an amazing opportunity it is, calling him by the name. Krishna, uh, who are you calling actually? So this opportunity was not available in other ages. When you Say for example when you are worshipping the Lord, how do you do it? You, you worship by chanting mantra. There is a specific mantra and by chanting that mantra in a specific way you have to do the worship. But in this age, what, we, what opportunity we have, what special prerogative we have, just call him by his name. So that is the amazing good fortune that the living entities, especially the human beings of the age of Kali, has received. Have received. That's why when navajogendras the nine jogendras. Uh, were having a discussion with King Nimi, uh, they told him, hmm, Prabuddha, uh, one of the nine yogendras told him that the age of Kali has a wonderful uh, opportunity, the age of Kali has one wonderful quality. Uh, a great advantage Kali Juga has one great advantage that is just by chanting the holy name of the Lord, one can become free from his material bondage. Although the age of Kali is a very degraded age. That was also Pariksit Maharaj's consideration. When he confronted Kali, he was about to kill him. Uh, Which king would tolerate that a cow And bull is being tortured. Mother Earth herself is being tortured. Dharma is being tortured. To an extent that three legs of Dharma, three pillars of Dharma is broken. Who will allow that? Especially a just uh, just and noble and religious king. So Pariksit Maharaj was about to kill him. But Kali begged for his life. <clears throat> and Parikshit Maharaj granted it. Okay, fine. I will let you live. Now, Parikshit Maharaj's consideration at that time was that Kali Yuga has, in one hand, it has a great disadvantage. But at, but at the same time, it has a great advantage as well. And when really he measured, When he compared the advantage and disadvantage, then he saw that the advantage prevails over the disadvantage. And that's why he said, okay, I will let you survive, I'll let you live. And you can see what the places, what places Parikshit Maharaj gave to Kali. The four places of Adharma. Okay, you will spread your adharma. You have these four places meat eating, intoxication, illicit sex, and gambling. And the fifth place is gold. Now, the, about this gold, there is another consideration. It's not this gold. The gold that is not used in Krishna's service, that gold is the place of Kali. When gold is used in Krishna's service, then this gold is. Lakshmi. That is not Maya. Uh, Lakshmi's perverted reflection is Maya. So this is how Pariksit Maharaj actually made this, uh, Pariksit Maharaj uh, allowed Kali to make this arrangement. Okay fine, you spread your influence, but unto whom? Uh, Those who are in total ignorance Those who do not want to accept uh, the words of the saintly people, uh, they will be uh, suffering in this miserable condition. But those who will listen to the saintly people's advice, those who will listen to the devotees of the Lord, uh, they will get an amazing benefit. And for that what they will do? uh, They will follow the four regulative principles. No meat-eating. Why? Because the place of Kali. Uh, no intoxication, it's a place of Kali. No illicit sex, place of Kali. No gambling, place of Kali. Uh, so no to these four principles is no place for Kali. Uh, these people, those who follow this, will not be affected by Kali. And then they will have the advantage of chanting the holy name of God. And the advantage is, uh, and having an opportunity to directly uh, deal with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, there is another consideration, that is the general consideration: Satta Treta Dwapar Kali. But this Kali, He's is a very special Kali Yuga. How many of you know that, that how this Kali Yuga is a very special one? Huh? Please raise your hands. Yeah. Uh, this Kali Yuga is a very special Kali Yuga huh? because in this Dwapar Yuga Krishna came. This Krishna is not an incarnation. This Krishna is not a Jugavatar. Huh? This Krishna is not an avatar. This Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. This supreme personality of Godhead <clears throat> comes only once in a day of Brahma.) Huh? There are different yugas, various yugas and in various yugas, various incarnations of the Lord are coming. But He Himself comes only once in thousand Chaturayugas, once in a day of Brahma. And what does it mean that Krishna comes? Uh, This Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Is not an incarnation or in simple words we can say that this Krishna uh, is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead from Vaikuntha. In other yugas, in other Kali yugas, even by the Sankirtan process when they achieve the spiritual perfection, they end up in Vaikuntha. They go to Vaikuntha. But this Krishna has revealed Vrindavan. This Krishna came from Vrindavan. He is not from Vaikuntha. Incarnations are from Vaikuntha. But this Krishna is from Vrindavan. And what's so special about Vrindavan? As I mentioned that in Vrindavan, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Which Krishna is this? This Krishna is the son of Nanda Maharaj. Uh, This Krishna comes and reveals Vrindavan pastimes. What is Vrindavan pastimes?
0: Uh,
1: Vrindavan pastimes are the pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead where he is allowing his devotees to develop a relationship with him as a friend, as father and mother and as his girlfriend. That's not possible in Vaikuntha. So that is the special uh, aspect of Krishna of vrindavan And in order to allow his devotees to develop these relationships like that of a friend or fa- parents or uh, girlfriends, uh, he is not acting like the Supreme Personality of God. In Vrindavan, Krishna is not the the supreme personality of Godhead. Although he is the supreme, supreme personality of Godhead. But in Vrindavan, he is not the supreme personality of Godhead. He is not acting like the supreme personality of Godhead. He is acting as a coward boy. And what's he doing? He is having his loving exchange. With his friends, with his parents and with his lovers. That is the uh, special prerogative, that's the special aspect of Vrindavan. So these Vrindavan pastimes of Krishna is revealed once in a day of Brahma. Otherwise people don't have information about Vrindavan. Had we not have come in this age, at this time, we wouldn't have... Had we have come even in Sattva Yuga, even in this millennium, in this Chatur Yuga, we would have missed it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have known who Krishna is. It happened only in Dhawapar Yuga. That was at the end of Dhawapar Yuga. At the very end of Dhawapar Yuga. About 140 years. And then Krishna performed his pastimes for 140 years. And when he withdrew his pastimes, Dhawapar Yuga ended. Kali Yuga began. But then also people did not really understand who this Krishna is. There are many, even the Vaishnavas thought that this Krishna is an incarnation of Kshirya Vishnu. Other Sampradayas thought that they, this Krishna is an incarnation. And this is his pastime, he is performing his pastimes in this way, in Vrindavana. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and he revealed the secret. He came and he pointed out that this Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. (coughs) And his Vrindavan pastimes are the most excellent pastimes. Vrindavan means joy, ananda. Krishna is anandamai. And this Anandamaya aspect of Krishna has become perfectly manifest in Vrindavan especially through his dealings with Srimati Radharani. And the way to do it, way to have access to Vrindavan, way to get the eligibility to enter into Vrindavan is through uh, congregational chanting of the Holy Spirit. So now let's going to get into holy name. Hmm. Holy name. Hmm. Actually, the Sanskrit word for that is Maha mantra, Maha mantra. Yesterday, during the initiation I briefly discussed about this point uh, that sound uh, there are in this world there are Generally there are two types of sounds. One sound is meaningful, meaningless sound. Sound, did it convey any meaning? Glass of water. This is also sound. What did it do? Conveyed some meaning? There is a glass of water. When I say it, And if you understand the language, uh, then it conveys some meaning. So meaningless sound, meaningful sound. The meaningful sounds convey uh, certain uh, objects or certain feelings or emotions, etc. Mm. Or certain uh, action. He is walking. Right? When this sound is carrying certain meaning uh, to the listener. Uh, But if we say blah blah blah, (laughs) probably it will contain some meaning. (laughs) So so this is how there are, uh, in this world there are uh, We can see that there are two types of sound, meaningless sound and meaningful sound. But beyond this world there is another world. And the sound that comes from that world is called mantra. Mantras are not just some uh, ordinary uh, fabricated sounds mantras are actually sound that is coming from that world and just as the sound of this world conveys some meanings similarly these mantras convey some meaning from that world these mantras convey some personalities from that world and therefore this uh, mantra meditate mantra is meant to be meditated upon and by meditating on the mantra one is elevated to the spiritual sky so this mantra so here again we are another point that we should be very very concerned about uh, is that meditation is not just sitting there uh, trying to make your mind blank Uh, meditation must be supported uh, or with the help of a mantra Meditating on the mantra chant the mantra uh, Meditate upon the mantra And as a result of that the mantra will reveal the spiritual sky That is what mantra does read Vide Prakashita Tene Brahma Adi Adikabaye Muihanti jatsūraya Brahma rida That transcendental knowledge was revealed in the heart So by chanting the mantra, by meditating upon the mantra The transcendental uh, reality becomes revealed The spiritual sky becomes revealed That has been very wonderfully explained in Brahma Samhita, (coughs) when Brahma meditated upon the mantra Gayatri that he received from Krishna, the spiritual sky was revealed in the heart of Brahma (coughs) and Brahma was transported to the spiritual sky. So so that is how the mantra actually helps us to become elevated to the spiritual sky. So these mantras are known as Gayatri. Mantras are Gayatri. Now Gayatri has three aspects. Vij, Nam and Nyas. There three three aspects. One aspect of Gayatri is Vij. Every Gayatri should have a Vij. Like, how many of you are second initiated here? Okay. So, you know that every Gayatri has the Vij. Like, for example, Brahma Gayatri Vij is Om. Guru Gayatri Vij is Oin. God Gayatri and Krishna Gayatri. Is clean. Uh, So these are the vij of the Gayatri, vijas of Gayatri, seed uh, of the mantra. Then, now, the personality who is being indicated by this mantra, his name is there. Uh, Like if Krishna is being indicated, if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is indicated, then his name will be there. Uh, If Durga is being indicated, her name will be there. If Radharani is being indicated, her name will be there. Uh, So in this way, different Gayatri's have uh, different personalities who is actually being indicated through the Gayatri. So that personality's name is there. That's the second aspect. And the third aspect is Gayatri is meant for meditation. And how to meditate, that instruction is given. That is the third aspect, which is known as Nyas. Bij, Nam, and Nyas. Now, out of these three things, which one is most important? Uh, Whatever is in the middle, that's the most important. Like in like Bhagavad Gita, sometimes people say that 1st 6th chapter deals with Karma Yoga, 2nd 6th chapter deals with Bhakti and 3rd is jnana. Uh, therefore, uh, after Karma Yoga is Bhakti and the highest is jnana. But is that the fact? Uh, what did Prabhupada pointed out or what did our Acharyas point out?
0: Hmm.
1: The most valuable object, do you keep on there? outskirts or you keep it in the middle? Where do you keep your safe? (laughs) In your garden? (laughs) Or you keep it? (laughs) Right inside your house. (laughs) Or uh, in a locket. Where is the most precious jewel? Here? No, right in the uh, middle. So similarly, naam is in the middle because that is the most important aspect. Vij is there, nyas is there, but naam is the most important thing. Now in a mantra where there is no Vij and no nyas but only naam and naam and naam that is called Mahamantra. Yeah. Like you can see, huh? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare
0: Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Yeah.
1: Sometimes uh, somebody came and told Prabhupada that some people are chanting Om Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Prabhupada said that's nonsense. Prabhupada says, Hare Krishna Mahamantra should be chanted just as it is. No addition and no subtraction. Just as it is. Mm. Hare Krishna. Sometimes some devotees were chanting uh, in Vrindavan. There was a rolling Kirtan. Beautiful Kirtan was going on during Prabhupada's Guru Puja. Prabhupada was there. And one devotee started to chant. Bhaja Hare Krishna Hare Krishna. And mind you, about 250 devotees bouncing up and down, you know, in ecstasy. Prabhupada roared, stop the kirtan. And Prabhupada shouted at the devotee, where did you learn this Hare Bhaja Hare Krishna Hare? Uh, and then also he pointed out, Hare Krishna Mahamantra should be chanted just as it is. Just Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama. Hare <coughs> Hare. So that is why it is a Maha Mantra. Aren't you familiar with another Maha Mantra? Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadatha, Shiva Shadhi, Goloka Now mind you, why it's a Maha mantra? Just names. So that's why this is also Maha Mantra. So that's why uh, this Maha Mantra is the crestual of all mantras. That's the, the ultimate mantra, the greatest of all mantras. So we got this. Now what is Mahamantra going to do if we chant this Mahamantra properly? Now let us get into another aspect. Chanting. When we are chanting, what is the natural requirement? When you are eating, what is the natural requirement? You put the food in your mouth. Right? You can't put (laughs) Food <laughs> <laughs> You have to put it in your mouth because food should go to the mouth. That is the way to receive food. Mouth is the way to receive the food. And then the rest happens. It naturally goes to the stomach. And the stomach does the rest. Uh, digests it and uh, takes care of the food. So just as mouth is the medium through which food is received, what is the medium through which sound is received? Hearing. So so this Maha Mantra is, uh, what is this Maha Mantra? Transcendental sound vibration. Uh, So sound vibration. So how this sound vibration should be received? Huh? Through hearing. It has to be received by hearing through our ears. Now how does some, some of our senses, how, the, how do our senses receive the objects of the senses? How do we, how do the senses receive the objects of the senses? Okay, I'll give you an example. Eyes, what do the eyes receive? Form. Objects of the eyes are formed. Now say you are standing in front of somebody and your mind is somewhere else. Will you see him? So what is important? that your mind should be tuned into that sense. Then only you will be able to perceive through the sense. Now our hearing, sound is there, our ears are there. But how do we receive the sound? Through our ears, all right, through hearing. But what should be behind our hearing? The mind. Therefore, Haridas Thakur uh, pointed out that one of the most important aspects of chanting is attentive chanting. In our ten offences, this attentive chanting is not included. Why? Because it is taken for granted. Uh, when these ten offences were prescribed or pointed out, they were serious people. So for them it was taken for granted that they would chant attentively. <laughs> so that's why it was not included, but Prabhupada included it. What comes after 10th offense? It's also an offense to be inattentive while chanting. It's not only an offense, it's the worst offense actually. Mm. So when you are chanting, the one of the most important considerations should be hearing. And mind should be there, like, how do you hear? When the mind is there, then only you hear. If the mind is somewhere else, do you hear? You don't hear. So hearing with with attention, attentive chanting is one of the most important considerations. But not only one of them, the most important consideration. So mind you, this attentive chanting is the most important consideration. Mm. Then comes the 10 offenses. Mm. So don't commit those offenses. How many of you remember 10 offenses? Mm. Okay, those who do not remember, please memorize them. It's very important that we guard ourselves against these offenses. Because then the holy name will not become manifest. It will be offensive. Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur pointed out that offensive chanting is not really chanting. It is committing offenses, not chanting. Not even offensive chanting, committing offenses. You are committing offenses to the Holy Name. So one should be very, very careful about these two things. Attentive chanting and offenseless chanting. Then what will happen? This name is Krishna is, this name is Krishna himself like as we said we have a wonderful opportunity to address the supreme personality of Godhead. how dare we do that because he said you can do that that's why we dare to do that Uh, just as i gave you the example and jacob zuma uh, you can't just call him hey jacob how are you (laughs) (laughs) but if he tells you uh, well why don't you call me by my name then can you do that then will you take any offence? No. Similarly because Krishna himself said that you can address me by my name we dare to address him by his name. And then everything is there in this name, holy name. Everything is there in the holy name. And Mahaprabhu himself said through chanting of this holy name, you will achieve all perfection, all perfection, Siddhi. uh, Siddhi literally means uh, in one hand perfection or another simplified meaning of Siddhi will be hmm, that achieving your desired goal. Whatever you desire, when you get that, that is called siddhi. Like you are studying, to sit for an exam. And what is the goal at that time? To pass the exams nicely. So when you pass the exams, you achieve the perfection. Siddhi, (laughs) graduation, masters. So these are all some kind of siddhis. Somebody wants a lot of money uh, and he gets the money, Siddhi. (laughs) Somebody wants to fly, he is able to fly, it's a Siddhi. So, these are the kinds of Siddhi that one actually achieves in a material platform. But Mahaprabhu is saying, Sarva Siddhi, all your desires, in simple words, all your desires will be fulfilled. You chant this holy name, all your desires will be fulfilled. so that is what this holy name is going to give us chanting the name holy name properly is going to give us and okay I will leave some time for question answers and I'll briefly also mention how I'll go about like today, I re- remember, I just briefly mentioned about Krishna's special pastimes of Vrindavan having been revealed in this Dwapar Juga. It's a very, very special, uh, very, very wonderful uh, stroke of good f- fortune. Now, that Braja entrance to Vrindavan will be possible through the chanting of the holy name. Mm. So that we will discuss in the second part, the second session which will start I think at 5, at 5 o'clock. Okay, so um, uh, sh- in a short while we'll have a break and have, you all have lunch mm. and then we'll meet again at 5. So then I will discuss about that from Brihat Bhagavatam What uh, this holy name is ultimately going to give us. And then tomorrow we'll have two sessions. uh, And in the first session tomorrow we will discuss about Bhakti Vinod Thakur is describing the glory of the holy name. What this holy name will give us when we chant the holy name. Uh, So that we'll discuss in tomorrow's session morning session and then (coughs) in the afternoon session uh, we will uh, consider that how uh, I will request you all uh, to give your experiences what you have uh, like uh, I will request those who are willing uh, I will request them to speak about your personal experiences Now what actually happened? I'm sure everybody have some wonderful uh, experience to share with after you you have accepted the process of chanting the Holy Name. Mm. So we will and I'll also add something to that Uh, like how this chanting of the Holy Name has affected different devotees. Briefly, I can just mention about one person, Uh, like this is an ordinary, very simple housewife in London. She was not a very educated, uh, she was a simple Gujarati housewife, but a very nice person. And she got cancer. When she got cancer, the family members were so worried that they didn't want to tell her that she got cancer. But when she was told that she got cancer, she was least bothered about it. And she was taking the treatment and her desire was to go to Mayapur. So we made arrangements for her to go to Mayapur. in Mayapur she stayed for a few months, but there she, she was not getting proper treatment, naturally the treatment, so she had to come back to London. So she came back to London, stayed there. Her condition improved, and when her condition improved, she started to render service in the temple, in the deity department, the backup department, deity backup department. And then her condition deteriorated. Uh, and all along uh, she was not at all affected not at all affected by that and all she wanted is to render service all she wanted is to be with the devotees and <clears throat> so at that time i was in america i was in new vrindavan i was filming Chavan. So I got a phone call. I used to be in touch with them and I was told that the doctor said she has about 15, I mean, about a week left. So I just, next day, I just flew to London and from the airport I straight went, went straight to her house. and. Uh, I was thinking that her condition is so bad; probably she'll be very, very sick and bedridden. But when I went there, uh, she just got out of her bed to, and wanted to offer obeisances to me. Anyway, I uh, finally I had to, although I was telling her not to do that, but finally I had to let her do that. And she was talking as if nothing happened. Uh, she was. She may have been told also that she has only a few days left. But she was not at all affected by that. Uh, And Anyway, I was there for three days and uh, at that time actually she expressed her desire that she wanted to go to Vrindavan. But the way she was being Uh, Cared for. So many devotees are coming every day to see her and all. So I told her that, look, this is Vrindavan. uh, Where all the devotees are there, expressing so much love and care. This is Vrindavan. There is no need to go to Vrindavan. This is Vrindavan. So she accepted it. Okay. Then, not for seven days, but she stayed for about fifteen, sixteen more days. (coughs) And it was during the Janmashtami time. And
0: when she left her
1: body, she had her Japamala in her hand. She was chanting. And just as when she was leaving her body, she lifted her Japamala, placed it on her head, and left her body. Now just consider Like what gave her uh, this kind of spiritual awareness uh, to leave her body in this way To come to this kind of consciousness The holy name That also reminds me recently in Mayapur One of our god brothers had been attacked by some miscreants Five of them attacked him he was on the fifth floor and from fifth floor, it was not Mayapur in the, our temple area premises, it was outside, he used to live in outside and he is a South American. He came down, uh, anyway he was taken to the hospital. When he was taken to the hospital in Krishnanagar, which is the nearby town, uh, they expressed the doctor's Express their doubt that whether the he'll survive. Anyway, he was taken to Calcutta and when he was being taken, one of my Godbrother, one of our godbrothers wrote to us that when he was being carried in a stretcher, he was speaking as if nothing happened to him. Mind you, he was so badly injured that they had to have 150 stitches in his body, 150 stitches, and some serious ones. Uh, but <coughs> our godbrother Ajamil Prabhu wrote to me that he was actually thinking, when seeing him, he was remembering Bhishma Dev. Although lying in a bed of arrows, he is speaking uh, about the ultimate Dharma, uh, as if nothing happened to him. Uh-huh. So, he was feeling like, I mean, he was, he lost a lot of blood, he was, you know, doctors were considering whether he will even survive. But he's speaking and what he was speaking, well, after all, it's my karma. (laughs) I must have done something in the past and as a result of that, this has happened to me. Anyway, I'm not this body. (laughs) So, how can one Come to this kind of elevated consciousness as if he is completely
0: uh,
1: separated from his body. He is not in his body consciousness at all. How can these things happen? And these are the practical demonstration of performing uh, devotional service to Krishna. This is the ultimate proof of the benefit of chanting Hare Krishna Mantra. Hare Krishna, all glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. Does anybody have any question? Yes. Swasti? Dhruva yeah, okay. No, not really. You see, the eighth offense is to consider the chanting of the holy name. Uh, is one of the uh, auspicious ritualistic activities that uh, the fritive activities offered in the Karma Khanda. To think that chant- by chanting this Hare Krishna Mahamantra we will get some material benefit. Punya. Chanting Hare Krishna is a material pious activity gives us Aichi, punya and the result of punya is material enjoyment now when you are chanting Hare krishna mahamantra do you want any material enjoyment no therefore it's not a offense if you thought that chanting the hari krishna mahamantra is one of the auspicious ritualistic activities that have been offered in the karma gandhi section of the vedas meaning what performance of austerity Performance of penance, uh, digging well, like giving in charity, uh, and so forth. Those activities will give us material benefit.
0: Hmm.
1: But Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is not, we are not chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra for some material benefit. Right? The purpose of chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is to ha- to have the prerogative of serving Krishna. Now, when you are chanting Hare Krishna, what do you want? Devotion to Krishna, right? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Say for example somebody that
0: like Puhimara, desire isn't so, he just
1: wanted to be, he, the, that's the, at the beginning. The, the process yeah. He became so, yeah. So, it... so he may have started it with that material desire. Huh? <coughs> but when he was chanting the Hare Krishna, chanting Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva, that's the mantra he actually got from Narad Muni. When he was chanting that mantra, he was actually performing Ashtanga Yoga at that time. And by performing Ashtanga Yoga, he achieved his perfection and in his Samadhi stage, he saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And the beauty of the Supreme Personality of Godhead was so overwhelming. Then he felt, why did I want some insignificant kingdom? Now that I have got to see the Lord, it is like as he himself mentioned, I was searching for some broken pieces of glass and now that I have found diamond, should I waste my time in broken pieces of glasses? Right? So that, so that way, it is not an offence. And first of all, he was not actually chanting the Maha Mantra as such. But he was sincerely following what Narad Muni told him. He was just chanting the mantra and absorbed in the process, practicing the process of Ashtanga Yoga. Ah. Good question. Thank you very much. Uh, Hare Krishna. Any other question? (coughs) Okay, uh, give it to him.
0: thank you for wonderful lecture. You spoke about sound and spoke about
1: meaningful sound and meaningless sound. First meaningless, then meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, you introduce mantra, uh, I want to know, you often I say the Maha mantra to people what it is and we talk about mantra. Uh, I need to consider that, uh, all sounds
0: that are coming out
1: of the scripture, even if they are explaining some kind of uh, a transcendental, because to natural, that sound is coming from the spiritual mm, Very good point. You see, <coughs> from the mantras, revealed the Vedas in the heart of Brahma. Brahma mm. got the revelation in his heart. But Brahma had two aspects. His main business was to manifest the material nature. Right? To fill up the universe with jivas, give them different bodies. Right? That was his main. And not only while giving them the bodies, he had to also make arrangements for their welfare. So he made all the arrangements. So that's one branch. Uh, that branch actually went in the form of Karma Khanda how to live in this world. You know he gave that instruction. Then he gave instructions how to become liberated from this material bondage. That came as Gyanakanda. Right? But then he gave another uh, line altogether. See this Karma Kanda and Gyanakanda is in a material direction. But he gave another direction, which is on the opposite direction, spiritual direction. That he gave to Narada Muni, Bhagavad Parampara. You get the thing, like mantras are coming, how to, you know, one set of mantra is how to live happily in the material world. Uh, Then another set of mantra, how to get out of the material nature. And then, another set of mantra, when you get out of the material nature, then what are you going to do, right? So, when you get out of the material nature, situate yourself in the spiritual sky. Yeah. So, that is the Bhagavat branch of mantra. But that also brings up another important point, which I did not mention in my class today. That is. See, mantras are revealing different aspects or personalities of the spiritual sky, right? But Maha Mantra is revealing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, through His name. Other mantras are, you know, d- different. Say for example, some mantras are revealing uh, Narayan. some are uh, revealing Lord Shiva, some mantras are revealing uh, Vishnu, some mantras are revealing Dev, some mantras are revealing Lakshmi Devi, but Hare Krishna Mahamantra is revealing Radha Krishna of Vrindavan. But along with that comes Sammantra Gyan. Uh, this mantra Gyan will come from this spiritual master in the parampara. The knowledge that flows uh, will actually give the specific meaning uh, and relationship with the personality of God. Uh, so, according to again, let's say for example, some sammantra may chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, right? Now, this Mantra may indicate Hare as Hari right some mantra may reveal Ram as Lord Ramchandra. some mantra according to some it may reveal Balaram as Ram but in some uh, understanding it will reveal Ram as Krishna Radha Raman Ram Ramati iti Ram. You get it? Like this, someone again will come from the spiritual master, and accordingly, the mantra will become manifest. Good, good point, sir. Yes, Krishna chan Sorry, just jump into the I just want to the in our
0: Mahamantra,
1: uh, uh, many of our
0: senior leaders also giving the class have said
1: that in the high condition Mahamantra, it can be referred to Ramachandra, it can be referred to Hari, it can be referred to Balaram. It is specific to like, our understanding of the Mahamantra. Uh, you see, like the Prabhupada did say, huh, this Rami is actually Balaram. According to us, our understanding, this Rami is not really Ramachandra. But if somebody is a Ram Bhakta, he can consider that this is Ram Chandra. But our line is Balaram. Hmm? Prabhupada is giving that this Ram is Balaram. In the aspect when Balaram is the establishing the Sammandar. Balaram is actually giving us the real entry to the spiritual sky. But in our line, ultimately, this Ram indicates Krishna, Radha Raman Ram. So this Hare Rama is also Radha Krishna. So in the ultimate consideration, our line is this Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Mahamantra indicates Radhe Krishna, Radhe Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Radhe Radhe. Radhe Krishna, Radhe Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Radhe Radhe.
0: And who
1: are no variation of Hari as in Hari or Hara Hari? This Hari for us is Hara, Radharani. That is with us. Hara is Radharani. Generally, it is accepted that if somebody is not
0: experiencing in
1: terms of ecstasy, or especially the Krishna Mahananda in his committing And is there any way to know which one of the
0: ten or more one is committing? To consistently accept one of the ten offenses,
1: which one? Are there any indications? And the uh, Prabhupada pointed out the first one is the worst of all offenses, Vaishnava Paratha. It's Hati Mata Paratha. Because it's like a mad elephant uh, entering into a garden and destroying the garden. So that, uh, that's why the first offense is to be very very carefully guarded against. Uh, yeah and as far as uh, ecstatic symptoms are concerned It's also said that, you see, Krishna sometimes doesn't give us the ecstasy. Because if you get into ecstasy, you won't be able to preach. But he wants you to preach, that's why he is actually (laughs) not giving the ecstasy. (laughs) Uh, Like, therefore our business is, we preach and whatever, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wants, let him offer it to us. And it is not a matter of experiencing the ecstasy now. The most important consideration is in what state of consciousness we are going to leave our body. What if we experience ecstasy now and at the time of leaving the body forget Krishna. Uh, So rather, uh, let us prepare ourselves in such a way hmm, that we can remember Krishna at the time of living our bodies.
0: Hmm. Very good, very good.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's why our ultimate consideration is that Ram is Krishna. The other words, I want to
0: just say, I have some initiation that the offensive of inattentive chanting was
1: probably the worst of everything because it is all the other time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I say that I mean, inattentive chanting or other attentive chanting is taken for granted. When you are chanting it should be attentive. Right? That's why in the state offenses that hasn't been included.
0: Alexander, when uh, <coughs> you found the Hare Krishna Mahaludra, and there is somebody that may hear of me, and who can come to see, I can't count. From one o'clock
1: at night, that is happening for over a month. And they uh, chanted, they don't want you to chant uh, the Hare
0: Krishna Mahamud. Who doesn't
1: want you to chant? No, I couldn't get that. You said, you? Who doesn't? Who? The
0: name, name itself. <laughs>
1: don't name the name. <laughs> Neighbours. Oh, okay. Your neighbors. Oh, okay. Well, if your neighbors are disturbed, then don't chant so loudly. <coughs>
0: uh,
1: or close your doors and windows so that they don't hear. Naturally, don't scream.
0: Don't even want to
1: come and do brah service. Where? At uh screen morning. When? He changes, he doesn't come by anybody. You told me about the sheep that I am a sheep, I mustn't wake up at night. And they are married. Oh, I see other devotees. <laughs> neighbors, I mean, do you live in the temple or you live at home? So, I mean, do you chant that loud when the neighbors wake up? I don't know what
0: to do, I come late, aren't
1: That's good. Do you chant where it's most conducive for you? Chant the Holy Name where it's most conducive to you. If your neighbors are upset for your chanting, uh, then, yeah, as you are doing, come here and chant. No one will object to your chanting. But also don't chant so loudly that the devotees also will wake <laughs> Because they have, you know, there is some words to good, to the nice at night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hare Krishna. Yeah. You
0: know, somewhere I read that the Hare Krishna mantra is made up of 16 names and 32 syllables. Yeah. So, if you say Ram, then you don't get 32 syllables. So, is it necessary to...
1: Who said, if you say Ram, you don't get 32 syllables? Rama. Yeah, it's more is yeah. Yes. yeah. So you
0: see it, Rama, time, you Ram, Ram, yeah it is
1: Ram even, even when you say Ram, it is two syllables. It's not one syllable. Ah. That's an, another thing, like I get I heard that some people are saying that if you say Ram it is not correct. Ah. But that's no, that's not correct. That's not true. Here all the chanting. Uh, Is Prabhupada chanting in a wrong way and somebody has to come and correct Prabhupada now? Uh, Don't, uh, you know, don't pay any heed to all this kind of nonsense
0: uh, introductions. (laughs) One devotee told me, he's chanting for 35 years and he told me now his service is to only chant the holy name, he doesn't have to do other services. And then I met some other devotees that said that they yeah, are so much of service that like
1: they don't need to charge. <laughs> 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 well Prabhupada gave we a very simple standard. Huh? You chance sixteen rounds minimum. That is proper standard. Right? And well if you're too old to render service Then it's another thing, like Prabhupada said, service now, samadhi later. (laughs) That means when you get old, you know, then maybe you won't be able to render service so actively. But then again you don't stop serving. When the body is incapacitated and is not able to serve, then the service will be executed through mind. Service should never stop. One should continue to serve all the time. When, when the body is active, yes, we serve with the body. When the body is incapacitated, then we serve with our mind. Mm. And this is how uh, we will come to our spiritual platform. The service should never stop. Uh, and the other thing is that, and for the sake of service, we should not stop chanting. Although, again, sometimes Prabhupada did allow some devotees But that was a special case. Like once a devotee, some devotee was so busy taking care of the construction of Vrindavan temple construction that uh, he didn't have the time to chant. And somebody told Prabhupada that Prabhupada he was not chanting his round. Prabhupada said that's all right. That, that means, you know, Prabhupada is not giving a carte blanche, you know, saying that, well, nobody has to chant. But, you know, if one is so busy in some critical time, the temple has to be completed within certain time, and he is so busy and he doesn't have the right time to chant, then, um, okay, it's alright. But it's for the, only for the time being, hmm? in an emergency situation. Okay, another time Prabhupada actually said that they don't need to chant uh, is, you see in Mayapur at that time a lot of people came from Bangladesh after the Bangladesh was attacked by Pakistan, you know there was a genocide in Bangladesh and many of them left Bangladesh and came to India uh, and some of them actually joined ISKCON at that time took shelter of his and Prabhupada gave them shelter. And they were basically weavers. So for them Prabhupada actually started a weaving department. And their business was to weave. So one morning Prabhupada was just going around and so he asked uh, Bhavananda Prabhupada at that time that what happened? Why they are not in the weaving? Why they are not weaving. Then you know, Bhavananda said that, Prabhupada, they are chanting in the temple. Prabhupada said they don't need to chant. Their chanting is, Khat, Khat, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> you see, like you you uh, weave, you know, by uh, moving your hand like this, I mean, moving the... Uh, and so Prabhupada said that they don't, you know, their chanting is their service. I mean, that's another occasion Prabhupada said that. You know, meaning, let them chant while they are weaving. Um, Well, that was another. Yes, monk, near Bhaktanilai.
0: Give it to me. In communication studies, uh, you learn that meaningful sound becomes meaningless. If the person
1: hearing the sound uh, doesn't understand the meaning, the language of the verb of the sound. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe somebody comes here and starts speaking in Chinese. (laughs) Will it be meaningful sound? Although to him it's meaningful, but to us it won't be meaningful. My question is the mantra still effective if chant despite either is value Yes, yes. Uh, like Prabhupada is saying, it's like medicine. Uh, when you take the medicine, knowing the effect of the medicine or not, the medicine will work. So similarly, the mantra will work if you chant properly. Offenselessly. <coughs> okay, so last question. So, this is uh, from my uh, Portuguese from Rasa Vasik, Puru. And is asking, how important is it to implement that in our, of our
0: society, considering Sri
1: Prabhupada left this for his disciples and the field? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, naturally, it is important. Prabhupada said that it's 50% of what he has done. That means, huh? Like Varnashram, establishing Varnashram is going to be, uh, going to match whatever Śrīla Prabhupāda has achieved. So naturally it is very very important. Uh, Yes, naturally it is most very important consideration.
0: Thank you. Hare Krishna. all glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda.